0: This is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. Obadiah Smith, Jr., Jim. Obadiah, so glad to have you alongside. Yes. You know, we here at Viewpoint in these early weeks of the new year in January and February are talking about new clothes. Yes. We all like new clothes. Yes, we do. You know, one thing I know about Obadiah Smith, Jr., <laughs> guy's styling. I yes. Mean, Got you know, a new hat for the winner. <laughs> Whoa. You know what? Hats. How many guys could wear hats and do it right? You can. I've seen it on you. And I've seen you with other hats. I mean, there's something about a new hat that yes. kind of... It turns the heads, people notice, keeping your head warm, but that's also right. doing it in a way yes, that looks good. That's true, Jim. And you know what? And more power to you. I look ridiculous in the hat most of the time. You know, My wife saw me in a hat that somebody talked me into buying once, and her first response was, just get that off your head. You know, I can't pull it off. You can. Yes. But whether it's a hat or new shoes, a new dress, a new coat, new pants, whatever it is, when you're wearing something new, you've just got a little more pep in the step, don't you? You feel good. You feel good. And you're out and you have a little more confidence. You just feel like something's happening. And you might think that, well, fashion is not worthy or it's some kind of you know, lower part of our nature. But when you feel confident and you feel like you are secure and you're finding some sense of expression in what you wear, there's no shame in that. And having some new clothes can get you there. But as for all this talk about fashion, our series isn't really about how you can dress on the outside. It's how we're dressed on the inside because all of us are dressed on the inside too. We don't think of it, but you know, some mornings I wake up and I look at myself in the mirror and I look past the image in the mirror and I think about some of the things I've done that I'm not very proud of. Or I may be haunted by the memory of some mistake I made. Man, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I could replay that that relationship. I wish I could go back in time and do that over. You know, every now and then we have moments like that. And what's happening there is we're seeing our old clothes inside. And then when you leave that moment, you don't have the same confidence. You, you don't feel so secure or sure-footed because the clothes you're wearing in your soul have caused you shame. And everybody listening to us today knows what I'm talking about because you know that when you're conscious of your own failure, then that just takes away your capacity to stand tall. And you can put on a front, you can have a lot of bravado, you can do all that, but in the end, deep down inside, you're just a little uncertain because you wish you hadn't done those things. And our new clothes series here is to tell you, you don't have to keep wearing that old stuff. As this new year dawns, you can get some new clothes, and I promise you, the new clothes that God has waiting for you will give you some confidence and some life and energy to go out and take the world by storm for all the right reasons. When we come back, we're going to talk about somebody who tasted that in a powerful way. Stay with us.
1: Water you turned into wine. You opened the eyes of the blind. There's no like you into the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you and our God is greater our god is stronger you are high
0: Last week, Obadiah, you and I were talking about new clothes, and we were talking about an ancient character in the Old Testament named Samson. Yes. Now, there's a guy that uh, somebody needs to dress up. (laughs) Because, you know, when you say Samson, you see rippling muscles, you see the guy in the cover of some kind of Men's Health magazine. Right. And you know what? He had a lot going for him, but he just squandered it. Yes. He just... He squandered it. He allowed the clothing that God gave him, and God gave him a lot of gifts. He was strong, he had charisma, he had presence, he had a gift of leadership, he obviously had physical strength, he had good health. I mean, he could do whatever he wants with his hands, and instead of doing good, began to pursue his own ends. And the story of Samson is a great illustration of what happens when you start with some clean clothes, and then you just get stain after stain, rip after rip, tear after tear, until you get to the place, as Samson did, where he's got nothing to show for it, and he's just nothing but ashamed of himself. Until at the last, the end of the story, he cries out to God. And even after all his mess-ups, God says, I'll give you one more new coat. Redeemed Today, let's talk about someone else in the New Testament. And it's not quite all the drama that we have in the Samson story, I suppose, but still a very powerful story. And I think a history of a real person in real time. Yes, it is. Where Jesus says, you know, I've got some new clothes for you. It's a story of Matthew. Yes, the tax collector. You know, when we say Matthew, if you know anything about the New Testament, the next thing that comes to mind is he's the tax collector. He's one of the 12 disciples. We know that. His other disciple friends aren't tax collectors. I mean, they're fishermen. They're guys who work with their hands, probably a little more on the buff side, a little more Samson-like. Matthew's a guy with a pen in his hand sitting at a desk... He's got some other companions in this group of 12, including like Simon the Zealot, was a part of a tribe of people that were political activists, they didn't like the Romans who governed that part of the world at the time Jesus lived, and so he'd be the antithesis of Matthew, because Simon the Zealot would despise everything Matthew was, because Matthew worked for the government, and the government was despised by people like Simon the Zealot. And that just opens the door to people who probably didn't like Matthew much. Yeah. Land taxes, who want to pay taxes? (laughs) You know, who wants to be the tax collector under any system, but especially under a corrupt system, because the Roman system under which Matthew worked was, was pretty corrupt. So Matthew's a guy who is born into a Jewish community, and he cooperates, he collaborates, he cooperates with the Roman oppressors. I mean, nobody wants to be linked up with the guys who are the oppressors, and yet that's what he does. Why would he do that? The money, I guess, Job, it's very lucrative. And maybe he needed a job, and maybe he didn't need a job. As he saw, this was a chance to make a lot of money because these tax collectors got a handsome wage for collecting taxes. The Romans said, you get us what we need, our bare minimum tax, and then you charge a surcharge on top of that, and you get to keep that. And when you keep that, if anybody hassles you, we'll send some centurions and some legionnaires down there to help you out. So he's got the full force and backing of the Roman government and all their soldiers that are occupying the land to actually gouge his neighbors. So let's say Obadiah, you owe me ten dollars in tax. So that's what I that's what I need to collect from you if I'm Matthew for the Roman government. But I'm thinking you know, it's a lot of trouble for me to get that from you because you've got to walk up to my desk, give it to me, and I'm the only way you can pay it because I'm the only guy in town that's got the license to take the tax. So I'm going to charge you $40 more just for the user fee. I'd be highly upset, John. <laughs> what would you think about me? You thief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you snake, you, you, you slime ball! I mean, that's how Matthew lived. Matthew lived in Capernaum. This is the only place that Jesus ever called home as an adult man. And uh, in time, he would walk away from that town because they never seemed to embrace him. But Capernaum was a, a community on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, and it was also on a primary Roman road that connected the Mediterranean to the heart of the Middle East, what we would call the Middle East today. So this road would go from the Mediterranean, went by Capernaum, and it would go on to what we would now call Syria, Damascus, Iraq, that part of the world. And it was a very important trade route. And so Matthew's got his tax collection booth, like a toll booth, by this road. That's how we imagine the story. That's all the detail of the narrative suggests. And as we think about Matthew, he's sitting every day by his toll booth as people are walking by, and they loathe him. But they're going to pay him. Yes. And you know what? I bet he's dressed in some of the best clothing that money can buy. Looking sharp. (laughs) But he's not feeling sharp inside. Because you know what? He knows. He knows he's despised. And all the clothing on the outside in the world will never change the way people feel about him because... He's taking advantage of them, and he's got to be unhappy about it. Why do I say that? Because Jesus is going to come by and change him forever. Matthew, that's the name of the first of the Gospels, the first book of the New Testament, and we believe it was penned by this Matthew about whom we speak now, this Matthew, telling the story of his own change-up, where he took off his old, tattered, soiled, stained clothes, of which he was ashamed, and he got some new ones. It's Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse 9. Just hear these couple verses. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners, or I might insert here, A lot of other people are wearing rags and very ugly clothes. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? People dressed like that in their hearts. When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people do not need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, not those who think that they're wearing all the right stuff, but those who know they are sinners, the ones who need new clothes. All right, as I just read that, Obadiah, can you imagine Matthew sitting by there? Why do you think that he would respond to Jesus in the way he did? I think he it was seeking something but didn't know how to find it, and that when he saw Christ and when Christ said, follow me, he got up and followed, and then gave an invitation. I believe his heart was burning and yearning for something new. He wasn't happy with the status quo. Yes. I mean, when Jesus comes by, you're never going to follow him if you think you've already got it all together. But something in Matthew's heart was unsettled. That's why I believe he was looking for some new clothes, using our metaphor. He, he was all dressed up, he's doing his job, every day he's out there, I'm imagining it to be a hot day. That's the way the climate is there. Probably a dusty road. It's paved, but still there's dust being churned up by the chariots. It's not really pleasant to be there and have people sneer at you or turn and look at the other side so they don't have to acknowledge you. It's not pleasant to know that when I get up and leave this table and go to my house, people are not going to talk to me and children will run the other way and nobody's going to invite me to their house for dinner. The only people that will talk to me are the people who are just like me, and we're all ashamed. I mean, there's something inside of him that says, I don't want to live this way. And yet he doesn't know what to do with it. Just as you were saying, Obadiah, he's searching, but he doesn't know what. What's the answer? Do I ever have a chance to get anything new to wear? And that's the beauty of Jesus. Jesus comes by and says, you know, I don't care where you've been, and I don't care what kind of clothes you're wearing, and I don't care what other people think about you. I'm asking you to get up and follow me. Come and be my friend. You come and take your cues from me. I'm going to show you a whole new way of life. And Matthew gets up. I mean, it's just a couple lines. Yes. How powerful, how life-changing, because as he gets up out of that chair, here's my image. In a way, all those ugly old clothes of his cooperation with the Roman government— all the ways in which he has gouged his neighbors in collecting their taxes and charging them exorbitant fees, all the ways in which he has been sneered at and sneered back, all the ways in which he has felt angry for the way people treated him and at the same time ashamed, that all of that stuff that has made his clothes just tattered and torn and ugly, as he gets up to follow Jesus, I just see him just, all of those things are slipping to the ground. And Jesus has got these really cool new clothes and throwing them around his shoulders, and saying, look at yourself, Matthew. You know what? You've got a future. You don't have to work at this desk anymore. I've got some new things for you to wear. And as he's standing up, suddenly everything has changed. Now he can walk and he's holding his head up. He's probably a little afraid of what people are going to say, but he's got the hope of those new clothes that Jesus has given him. And what does he do next? He has a party. Yes. <laughs> Who's he invited to the party? His friends, those that he was hanging out with. They all the, followed. <laughs> all the other bad guys. Yes. I mean, it tells us. The disreputable sinners, the people who are rejected, the ones that everyone makes fun of, the ones who say, you're dressed so stupidly. Uh, we don't like the way you dress. We don't like the way you live. We don't like the way you act. We don't like you. Those are the people who come to dinner. Yes. And it was amazing, Jim, that when they came to dinner, somehow the Pharisees saw something that was different and And maybe even saw the new clothes that Matthew was wearing and still criticized him. Ah, and they still were unhappy. Yes. Even though these other people have got new clothes, the ones who aren't getting any new clothes, they are hot. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that.
1: Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer.
0: As you're listening to our program today, we just want you to know we're always glad to hear from you. Give us a call 24 hours a day and seven days a week. This is our toll-free number, one eight hundred seven five seven 757 view That's one eight hundred seven 757 We're right by the phone. We want to hear from you, hear your comments, hear your thoughts. We'd love to pray with you, too. Matthew has a party. He's got some new clothes on, so to speak, as Jesus has given him a new lease on life. He's invited his friends who need a new wardrobe also, and as Jesus is there, I just I have the sense that Jesus got a rack of clothes there, and he's passed them out. You guys, you can put on these new clothes. You can look better. You can feel better. You can be better. You will be made clean by me. And yet there's some other people standing around, and they don't like it. No, they don't. (laughs) You know what? I've had experiences—I don't know about you, Obadiah, but I've had experiences where I saw someone else walk into a room, and I know they've got a bunch of new clothes, and you know what my response is? I'm hot. I'm (laughs) angry about that. Because you know what? You don't deserve those new clothes. Why don't I have those new clothes? You know— You know, clothing can kind of elicit jealousy, and sometimes people look askance when you get something new. And again, as we're using this as a metaphor, these Pharisees are looking at these men that they have long despised. It's been so predictable, so comfortable to know that these are the bad guys and we're the good guys, and suddenly they're being changed up and they're becoming good guys. And it's very unsettling. I don't think you should get those new clothes. You shouldn't have another chance. You shouldn't be able to just walk away after all the things you've done and and just pick up the pieces and move forward like a goody two-shoes. I'm not buying it. That's the attitude, isn't it? Yes. And also, it was against Jesus because they said, why is your teacher with these folks? It's like, oh, now Jesus is the teacher. Because once I put on something new, the presence of Christ is different to me. And Jesus now is being accused of getting his clothes dirty by hanging out with them. I'm sorry. The clothes Jesus wears, they never get dirty because Jesus is perfect. He knows exactly who he is and why he came into this world. He knew what his job was, and he still is with us. And what he wears is always sparkling, dazzling, perfect. And yet they're trying to make his clothes look ugly. And I love what Jesus says in reply. You know, I didn't come here to be with people who think that they're already all together. I'm like a doctor. A doctor isn't hanging with people who always feel like they're healthy. He's coming to help those who have broken places in their health. I didn't come to just be with people who think they're dressed up perfectly as they are. I came to deal with people who are ashamed of their clothing and I want to give them a new wardrobe in me. Wow. Think about this. I need new clothes. And not only do I need new clothes, once I get some new clothes on, I want to help other people dress better too. I want to be the guy who goes to the party and says, you know what? If you want, we've got got some new things for you to try on here. You don't have to live with those old rags anymore. Uh, If you're really looking for something new, I can put you in contact with the guy who's got the best clothes you could ever hope to wear. The best designer. (laughs) I want to be the person, yes, who helps other people get new clothes too. It's not just about my wardrobe. It's about lighting up the room and helping everybody find something new to wear. And I don't need to be jealous because they are getting a second chance. I don't need to be frustrated because they somehow are able to just take off that old stuff and get something new. No, I need to celebrate with them. This is the work of Jesus. Folks, wherever you are today, I'm going to guess that you've had a moment where you wanted something new to wear, and I mean inside. You know that you've messed up the relationship. Maybe your marriage unraveled, or maybe you have a distanced relationship with a child. Maybe your working relationships are are really a, a nuclear meltdown. Maybe you have done things or taken advantage of other people, or maybe you feel like you're the victim always. Whatever it is, you just don't like the way it is. And I'm here to tell you that as this new year unfolds, in this year, 2016, Jesus can give you new clothes, just like Matthew. Your whole trajectory can change. Your life can change. And you can not only have a party with some of the people who also are like you, struggling as you are, you can be the one who helps them get new clothes through Christ. There's so much to live for. There's so many new things to put on. There's so much hope whenever you find Jesus in the house and he's here. How do you connect? What do you do? Take a step and pray with us right now. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know exactly who we are, where we are, where we've been, and where we can go. We're thankful, Lord, that you can see right through us to our deepest core. You know what clothes us. You know what clean clothes we had that you gave to us once that we've all squandered at some time or another. All of us have sinned and come short of your glory, and with every sin, with every failure, with every mistake that has been less than the best. We found something stain our clothing. We have found a tatter, a tear. And now we're wearing things that, well, we don't feel very confident wearing. Thank you for seeing us exactly as we are and loving us still. And seeing not just what we wear, but what we might wear. And thank you, Lord, for coming along and inviting us, as you did Matthew, to follow you and to put on new clothes and to find our whole lives turned around. It's scary, Lord, because we don't always know where you're going. And when we follow you, We're not sure what we'll have to leave behind, but this I know. If we follow you, we'll have clothes of which we can be proud. And wherever we walk, we can hold our heads up high because you have made us clean and you have made us right and you have given us new clothes to wear. We admit our sin, Lord. We ask for your forgiveness through the work of Christ on the cross. And in his name we ask that you will clothe us fresh and clean. For Jesus' sake, in this year, 2016, amen. If you'd like to know more about this Jesus who walked by Matthew one day, this God that we talk about who has new clothes for us to wear, if you'd like to know more about how you can find a new wardrobe in Christ, well, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We are by the phone. We really do want to talk to you. Oh, but I, if someone did not want to give us a call but would prefer to check us out online, where would they go? They can contact us, Jim, at cbhviewpoint.org. That's CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry of this radio broadcast there. You can also send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, usa but whether you give us a call check us out online or use the post please let us hear from you this week obadiah i want to grow up and wear a hat like you i have plenty of them jim (laughs) (laughs) and we are so thankful you're alongside obadiah as always and we're thankful that you've tuned in to viewpoint two we hope you'll be with us again next week as we talk about one of the most dynamic and challenging issues of our time we're going to talk about the awful scourge of human trafficking It's going to be our Valentine's Week program. We hope you'll be with us until then. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, this is Jemaya. Stay tuned.